Welcome to the Fem Nation Podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs can rise together. Success comes in many flavors. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm White of Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Entrepreneur and founder of the Female Entrepreneur Movement, our business is dedicated to helping women start and grow their businesses, increasing financial independence. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation, to the Fem Nation podcast. Today, I have a new, fun, amazing guest, Dr. Susie Cater, who is a conversion copy messaging expert. And I am so excited to jam with you today and listen to all the cool things. Thank you for coming on. Thanks so much, White Dove. I'm really excited to be here. Perfect. And how timely, since we were all just hanging out, you know, doing a lot of Zooming these days to be able to jam on some really cool content. I want you to tell me, where did your entrepreneurial journey begin and what do you do? Yeah, so my entrepreneurial journey actually began with a health crisis um, and burnout. So not very, not very promisingly. Uh, <laughs> basically, I've been working in academia for 12 years. Got a, had got a PhD on the surface. Everything was going really great. I had a position as a teaching fellow at New York University. Um, you know, every, lots of publications, lots of teaching awards. I seemed to be doing really well. And actually, I was super, super burnt out. It was man- manifesting itself in a lot of health problems. And I was also feeling a bit sort of stuck in a cage um, because the academic career track is a very rigid one. There's kind of tenure track and this set career, set levels you have to follow. And basically, I decided I, it's time for me to break free. I, I don't really like what who I'm becoming mm-hmm. as I'm kind of overworked in this job and I don't like what the future looks like in this career path so I'm going to do something new and I didn't have any idea when I ventured out that I was going to become an entrepreneur you know my dad had a small local business as I was growing up he he was a, vet, a veterinarian but that is a million miles away from what I do which is now help um, creative women entrepreneurs with their messaging and their copy so they can use words in really powerful ways and embrace their voices in a way that creates more wealth in their businesses. Oh, that's fancy. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So what drew you to wanting to help women or and entrepreneurs be able to um, have better copy? And what does that mean to you? Like, what does the copy part of it mean to you? Basically, I think it came from issues that I went through with my own voice when I was still working in academia. Basically, I I went into academia, I studied literature because I always just loved, you know, writing and reading and writing about books and seeing how people use their voices. I was very interested in the way that women authors expressed themselves. But along the way, it's it's a discipline where, you know, they call it literary criticism for a reason. There's a lot of critiquing and there's a lot of pressure to write in certain ways. And basically, by the end of my time, I was feeling 
I'd lost a lot of confidence in my own voice and the way that I was expressing myself. And, you know, I was publishing articles and I was feeling sick with nerves to read them. And so once I kind of got out of that career path and kind of had a little bit of time in the wilderness and a little bit of time where I rediscovered my voice and fell back in love with writing again, I started doing freelance writing initially, and then I began working with more women entrepreneurs. And what I noticed was there were similar crises of confidence that I was seeing in the way that they were showing up. And, and that was really what drew me to doing this kind of work. Because at the end of the day, I help people with their copy, yes, but it goes deeper than that. Because if you don't have the confidence in your message, mm -hmm. and you know, if you don't know what you want to say, and you don't know how to talk about what you do in a way that gets people really excited, and you know, conveys your passion and why you're so brilliant at it, and really does you justice, then, then basically it's kind of shooting your business growth in the foot and you can hire a copywriter to write you some nice words for your website. But at the end of the day, that still won't resolve the issue that you have with kind of putting your voice out there. Oh, that's deep actually. And I, <laughs> I can only say that because I had been that person and I still struggle with it. Not going to yeah. lie. Uh, in fact, I have a, um, <laughs> I have a webpage I'm thinking of at the moment that I'm just like, Oh yeah. Cause I don't love the copy that I wrote for that web page actually, you know, because yeah. <laughs> like, again, it brings up so much. So what is it that, what are one of the things that women listening to this episode could actually take away to start stepping into that confidence? I think that one question that it's important for all of us to ask ourselves is what do I want to say? And that sounds like a really simple question. Mm -hmm. But it's actually one that we often brush aside and ignore because in the online business world, there's a lot of messaging around like, you know, show up to serve, show up to give value. We talk a lot about, you know, figuring out your ideal client, understanding what they want, saying what they want mm. to hear. And that's all super important. Like, I'm not going to lie, that is sure. it's really important to talk to your ideal client in a way that kind of um, aligns with what they're looking for. At the same time, if you want to take your business to the next level, you can't only be thinking about what do they want to hear. You have to start tuning into what you mm. also want to say. And that's where you really kind of set yourself apart and stand out from the crowd is when you kind of recognize the passions that are lighting you up and not even just, you know, it doesn't always have to be like the big passions. Like I really care about, you know, women's voices, but I also care about like, Gilmore Girls and British chocolate and um, stupid right. things that my 10 month old daughter does. And I talk about those in my messaging too. And so just bringing more of yourself into your messaging and showing up with, with courage, basically, and, and listening to your own desires rather than subordinating them to other people's all the time. So really, really it's encouraging them and helping them step into leadership Yes. Um, and being a leader for the their audience than it is for them to cater to their audience because that that is a given. The catering mm -hmm. to the audience is a given, but them stepping into the the leadership side of it of speaking towards what it is that they are wanting to say is exactly. owning leadership. Exactly, and if you want to, and that's how you kind of become a leader in your industry and somebody who really stands out, somebody that people. You know, once you start owning that in your messaging, 
Mm-hmm. It becomes less about people thinking, well, I need to, I need to hire someone who does this. Let me go and compare five different service providers in this niche. And it actually becomes, I love this woman's messaging. Like everything she says is so brilliant. I want to work with her. Let me go and see how I could do that. And how long does it take to shift people that direction? Because that's not easy. (laughs) No, it's, it's, I would say that it's, it's a work in progress for all of us, like all of the time. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's not something that can happen overnight, but there are just moments. I think there are moments when you have those aha moments, it's Mm -hmm. like a falling away of certain blocks and it's really just this continuous like falling away and falling away of of the of the blocks holding you back and kind of stepping into what lights you up. Mm. Right. So then so then how do you tie that in with making sure that you are keeping your ideal client front and center on what you are creating? Because almost almost and 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 I've been in the online space for for a few years now and there's a lot of messaging that goes towards you need to be able to speak to and identify and know who your ideal client is but also you should be able to create and provide what it is that you know is needed and let your ideal client come to that so coming from that direction but there's i mean there's conflicting information all over the place for both sides but both sides have the have a proper argument as to why each is is good you know so is it stages in uh, the entrepreneurial journey maybe that someone is at more often than not here are a few things that i always recommend people will do one is that you define that you start with with who you don't want to work with basically who your ideal client is not and and by zero because I think it can be I I read a lot of of um kind of sentences by women who are saying what they do where it says you know I help um you know passionate women entrepreneurs like that's great but but that can be a lot of people right sure and and so it's important to start kind of so it's easier kind of to start with the negatives um you know I've been in um it's interesting because I've studied literature right and I've studied a lot of movements and manifestos and most of them begin with we are not this we are not this we do not do this we do not believe this and that because that's the easiest place to start so I would suggest that if you're really trying to figure out your ideal client start with not and and it's by um and then once you've defined kind of who who you're not talking to you can start you can start embracing that in your messaging and saying okay well this might push these people away but that's okay because they're mm-hmm. not my people actually like just to give you kind of a concrete example i wrote a post in january and it was kind of about um my lack of childcare that I'd had in December, which had caused me to go very, very quiet on the marketing front. And I kind of disappeared. And um, maybe in the past, I would have swept that under under the rug and pretended that that had never happened. But I decided, you know what? There are a lot of women entrepreneurs who I work with, a lot of potential clients, and just a lot of people in my audience who I think would appreciate just me standing up and saying, I hear you, I feel you. If you're if you're in a position where you, you're not able to market yourself or to show up for your business in the way that you'd like to temporarily, I've been there too. And, and I talked about Virginia Woolf, and there's a quote from um, her book, A Room of One's Own, about all the women 
who the, the would-be women poets who could not be with us tonight because they're too busy washing up the dishes and putting mm -hmm. the children to bed. And right before I hit publish on that post, I was like, oh my God, some people are going to think that I'm like so pretentious for, you know, posting about Virginia Woolf on my Facebook feed. Oh no, I'm going to really repel some people. And then I thought, you know what, you know, F it. Because if people, if people have a problem with me talking about Virginia Woolf, then they're not my kind of people. Right. And, and yeah, and it's just a sort the more you, the more you, put yourself out there with your messaging, the more you kind of start to drawing, draw in your ideal people and realize more about who they are. And that's why I say volume is, is often an important thing in your messaging because you can, you can strategize and plot out who your ideal client is for, for weeks, months, years, but it's actually by showing up by putting your voice out there, by trying to talk to them, by realizing what you want to talk about, mm -hmm. that you start to get clearer too. And amen all the way to that, because I know from example that uh, I struggled with coming up with what I wanted to do. You know, this is about two years ago. And I was like, I can't seem to get this to take off. I can't seem to get X, Y, Z to, you know, for, I have an audience, I have people listening to me, but nobody's taking me up on this. Why? It was because their expectation of me based on what they had followed me for the words that I had put out there on social. And when I didn't overthink it and had those conversations, they were expecting different from me than what I was offering them. So I wasn't aligning it. And yes, I had ideal clients all mapped out for what I was offering at those times. Mm -hmm. But that was a disconnect is because my voice and what I was saying and what I, who I was calling in and the solution and the answers that they were looking for from me, I just wasn't presenting yet. I didn't lose them as, mm -hmm. as listeners or audience. They were just sitting back waiting, you know, subconsciously not, you know, I mean, I'm putting, you know, realistic, um, mm -hmm vantage points on this, but they were sitting back waiting for the thing that was, that I was not yet stepping into in mm. order to bring it to them because they were hearing the call from my writing, but they were not, what I helped, what I was offering to help them with was not lining up with it, you know? So, but, and so that's, yeah. that's the thing that I want so many people to think of. And, and I have a tendency and I've done this before to overthink it. Uh, mm -hmm. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs do the same thing. We overthink what we're creating in the solution that we're providing. What mm -hmm. happens is, is that we're disconnecting from the audience that is waiting for a solution from us because yeah. they heard the call on something else. And I tell women all the time, just start showing up, just show up, show up every single yeah. day. Don't overthink it. Show up every single day, every day. Is it always easy? No, but it's better than sitting back and hoping and praying that someone's going to notice that you have something available or it's you testing your audience. Your audience is going to scroll by if it's not for them until yeah. it's for them. And it's time and time again, it's them experimenting with it and trying it. So your advice is amazingly on point as I expect no less, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. authenticating that from my mm -hmm. end and from my perspective that, that, that I empower women to do it. And I see based on my own experiences, as well as other women that are like, I don't even know where to begin. I'm like, just start. Yeah. One sentence. Start with what is on your mind. Start with, well, how do I tie my business in? Go out there and talk without a call to action. And see how it and see what starts coming up for you because then you're going to be able to pinpoint more specificity to it. Yeah. And I would say, you know, the energy you bring to the table is often 
is is just as important sometimes more important than the actual words like mm. i was it's interesting i was just reading a book um called it's a fantastic book i actually recommend it to everyone it's called never split the difference it's by um Chris Boss, who's a former oh. FBI hostage negotiator. <laughs> and Ooh. he talks about, and basically all these high stake, very high stakes negotiation situations he was in. And there was one thing he said, which really stuck with me. And it was, it's not what you say in these situations a lot of the time, it's how you are. And, mm -hmm. and basically a lot of the time with your messaging, try to think like, what am I trying to project? And I've been saying this a lot to people with, with what's going on with like the coronavirus situation and everything. Mm -hmm. Start with how you want to make people feel and the kind of emotions and tone that you want to project mm -hmm. with your messaging if you're feeling stuck right now. Start with those things, the emotions, the tone, what you're projecting, the energy, and then the how you're going to do it in terms of that exact words that will fall into place but get clear on you know the what the what the feeling is and then start focusing on the words mm -hmm. so it's a long game it, it is a long game but that doesn't mean that doesn't give you an excuse you know not to start and it all almost it's it's more encouragement to start like like give you right. you give yourself permission to get it wrong sometimes because you won't always get it right and and the thing is you know, when it comes to messaging and copy, especially with like your marketing on social media, you never know how what things are going to resonate. And it's sometimes just completely up to chance. And I've had posts, the same post, you know, go viral in one Facebook group. And then maybe on my feed, it's just got a few likes or in a different group, you know, it's just, it's got very little commentary. And sometimes and then I've had things I've dashed off that, you know, people have really responded to and have got me lots of sales calls and subscribers. And I never even an anticipated that they would do that. There was no call to action. Right. Sometimes it, yeah, it doesn't, the things you expect don't always convert, but, you know, just keep showing up with that energy and, you know, saying what you want to say and what you think is important to your audience, because at the end of the day, you're probably doing, I hope you're doing what you do because you want to serve your audience. So you, if you listen to your intuition more, you have ideas about how you want to serve them and, and it, how you, what you want to talk to them about. So start listening to those instead of necessarily hoping that, you know, the $27 content calendar that you bought from a Facebook <laughs> ad is going to give you the key. Right. And there's so much of that. And, you know, I really, really am grateful for all the cool things that are out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And what the content people put out there is, is really, really neat. And it takes a lot of work to do that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. However, we have more intuitively that we can do than chasing that external um, permission. You yeah, that's external thing that gives us the permission. We have the content calendar and we have the prompts and now we have all these things. So now we're able to step in that space. No, you always are able to step in that space. Yeah. Step in exactly. that space. Exactly. <laughs> that's awesome. So how has the entrepreneurial journey changed you? It, you know what's interesting? When I so basically um I found out I was pregnant two months after starting my business. Oh, fun. So, so it's really been like, 
I think everything's been intertwined for me with becoming a mother. My daughter's now nearly 11 months old. And um, so it's been coming up to two years now. So it's been a really intense period of like personal growth. Um, and how have things changed? But I would say for sure, I think even without, you know, stepping into a motherhood role, it would have been a really intense period of personal growth anyway, because it's that finding, finding of your voice and stepping into who you are and recognizing that to be really successful as an entrepreneur, you can't always please everyone. Mm. And that was something that, that I think went against the grain in terms of what what I'd always thought about you know running a business I think having having um seen my dad growing up where you know customer satisfaction was really important for him as a local business and you know you you want to really watch your reputation locally and but and so that was always my thought you know you know got to please 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 everybody Mm. And, and I think I interpreted the wrong message slightly from, from what I saw growing up because it's not about pleasing everybody. It's about pleasing the right people and it's about speaking to the right people and resonating with them. And everybody is not your audience. So it's really, and, and also you have to please yourself too, because that's how you show up with true integrity. Well, and it's not sustainable if you're not following that. You know, it lines up with that true integrity, being true to yourself and what you're truly called to bring to the world. But even if you try to bring the wrong thing to the world, it's not sustainable. Exactly. You're not going to follow through with it because you're going to, you're going to, you're just going to feel that grind. And it's the grind that really gets to be difficult and to the point where we're just like, why are we still doing this? Why do I continue to do that? You know, so honoring that space is so key. Do you feel like, um, it altered maybe your journey a little bit, um, changing into the motherhood role at the same time? I think it meant that I had some very accelerated growth in my business in my first year. And what was, because I was, I was kind of freaking out, right? Because um, I was thinking, how am I going to take, I wanted to take a good amount of time off to be with this new baby that I was bringing into the world. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to fund that for myself as a self-employed person. And um, it was interesting because initially I had these ideas like, oh, I'm going to create a course and passive income is the answer. And I was trying to master all these systems like Pinterest and blogging and, and like I was trying to do all the things, all the strategies. And then there came a point where I was like, you know what, I'm going to do really good work. I'm going to raise my prices and and I got a lot of referrals I got a lot of repeat customers and I was able to hit 10k months within that first year before my daughter was born put away a good um, amount of money to fund my own maternity leave Mm. and and that was like a hugely satisfying thing and it was actually it was really interesting for me because I was I was staking so much on this idea of passive income and then everything changed when I thought, you know, I could actually just earn more by charging more. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I'm so glad you bring that up because there's a lot of noise in the online space about passive income and it has Mm -hmm. its place. Absolutely. But I've done the same thing too. Three years ago, I was like, how do I create the passive income? Because I could see what I was doing was going to cap at some some point in time and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to grow a massive team. And so I was just like, how do I expand this and serve more people in a passive income 
capacity. And so I did. I chased all the systems only mm-hmm. to create, only to do, like I was saying a little earlier, create something, consistently create something for a few times. You know, obviously yeah. the first time it didn't work, it wasn't my answer, but I cre- consistently created something that wasn't what my audience that was listening to me was wanting mm-hmm. or needing or desiring, yeah. you know? And so all of those things, I'm just like, and I spent thousands and thousands of dollars on it. And yeah. I put time into learning and not implementing and doing all those things. And I was just like, it's not even that difficult. It's not, I'm making this harder than it is. So just yeah. start serving the people Just start serving the people. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Totally hate you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think, I think sometimes we, yeah sometimes we sort of get it wrong because we it's almost like all that time that we spend creating something or laying the groundwork for one of these for me it was going to be a relatively low cost passive income product Mm -hmm. I could have been spending like building more relationships and doing more work where I was charging high end for it so I was glad that I was glad that I kind of had that whole rabbit hole and then pivot early on and realized it. And, yeah, kind of um, yeah. fast forwarded you into it. Exactly, exactly. And then it was interesting because when I came back to work after having had the baby and it was sort of a staggered return to work because I started a bit too soon and then I decided to take more time off. And so it was kind of a bit jerky. But I also, that was kind of a moment of reassessment where I thought, where I've started to really prioritize like relationships and showing up for my audience mm-hmm. on social media and with my emails, because, because I think in the last, you know, in the few, in the few months before I gave birth, I was, I had so many referrals. I was so busy with the work for my clients that, and I was thinking I'm going off for a few months anyway. I'm not going to, you know, get, I'm not going to have this amazing social media feed and then people are going to inquire to book with me and then I'm not going to be available because right. I'm on maternity leave. So I didn't really bother with it. So coming back after having had the baby was a bit of like, okay, now, now I have to create, you know, some of the stuff that I skipped that first year mm. and, and lean into being really consistent. And it was initially a bit of a kind of jolt to start doing that but it was also a wake-up call in terms of this business isn't just me doing one-on-one services it was and I think this is where some of my passion about stepping into your leadership role comes it was about like what's my voice how how am I using my voice in this space how am I embracing my role as a leader in my industry Mm -hmm. and did it take time to build that momentum back up definitely Absolutely. I will say it got got easier once um, my daughter started sleeping through the night. It got, everything became easier after that. Any moms out there listening can relate to that. I'm so, so certain of that. Um, but so what is one accomplishment you are proud of? I think it was, I think it was, I think one of them was absolutely um, hitting those 10K months in that first mm. year before my daughter was born. Because there's something so empowering about just earning a really good amount of money in your business and using your talents to be paid really well. And I think that it can be very easy sometimes to, to undervalue yourself in business as a business owner and to, to always come from a place of what can I give? 
and to sort of forget about, well, how much am I charging? And is that accounting for everything I'm doing to run this business? Because at the end of the day, you can't do client work like every single day. You have to do things that grow your business and run your business and work on your business, not just in your business. So recognizing that and starting to charge for that is something it's not even so much about the money, even though that was really nice. It was kind of recognizing my own worth. Mm-hmm. Validated that. I mean, it solidified. I won't say validated. That's a bad word to use in that context. It solidified that for you. Like stepping into it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so on your, because uh, I know this will be a question that um, somebody out there is thinking, on your first 10K months, on, your, on those months that started coming in, at first did you think that maybe it was just you know, that was great. You hit that, but next month it won't be that again. When did it really sink in that that was really what you were capable of and that was going to be consistent? I think I actually had that moment a lot earlier. I think it was in the first couple of months of my business. I think it was when I hit my 5k months, to be honest, because I'd been working in in academia, which is a famously low paying (laughs) career. You know, like, like, yeah, there's, you get paid very, very little. Like I was a graduate student for years earning less than $30,000 a year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was my stipend. And I did, I did um, teaching to supplement it. But that was what they gave us to live on in New York City. So so for me, I was, it, it wasn't long at all before I was earning more money than I'd ever earned before. And I started having those moments. And I was, I made, um, I read some money mindset books, which were really helpful to mm. me at that time. I remember it, I was reading, I was reading um, Denise Duffield Thomas's Get Rich Lucky Bitch at the yeah. same time as I think I had my first 5k month and I was busy and it was, I was just, everything she was saying was what was going around in my head. Like, I'll never sign on another client. Sure, this is this, you know, I've got this project, but I'm going to completely mess it up. And then the whole business is going to fail. So right. yeah, I had all those thoughts and I was just really lucky that I was reading a book at that exact moment that was like, everyone has these thoughts or a lot of women have these thoughts. Yeah, it is so commonplace. And you hit that and you think, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do it again. What am I going to do again next month to make sure I do that? You know, and it just, it's that vicious cycle of not trusting the process. Yeah. Really, um, trying to force, force the process to continue instead of leaning in and trusting that you're already getting there. You're already there, you know, yeah. so again, leadership. And consistently showing up. And I think that's why it's so important to, to give yourself the, the breathing space in your business as soon as you can to do things that will drive your growth forward. Like giving yourself time to create meaningful content rather than just dashing something off at like that, that, that doesn't really convey any kind of powerful message. Using stories, talking and talk, um, you know, writing in the way that you talk, doing videos so people really, it really ramps up that no like trust factor, mm-hmm. making people feel like they're part of your lives, like inviting them into your world with your content, all those things, you know, it does take time and it takes energy and it takes brain power. And so you have to recognize that you can't just create content like in the gaps, Mm. in in the cracks in between doing client work. It'll just be surface content and it won't resonate. Exactly. Or, you know, give yourself breathing room and, and have somebody help you with uh, writing copy. 
yeah with, <laughs> I would say I would say with um with website copy especially yes. because that's something that's really at the core of your brand and if you have good website copy like one of my clients was saying to me um how she was feeling really kind of held back by her website copy because the message that it was it was um sharing wasn't what she wanted to be talking about and mm. so once we reworked it it was like a kind of rebirth in the way that she was showing up everywhere online because she felt like she had that that platform, that springboard to jump off of and to go back to whenever she needed inspiration. So, so that's really what your website should be doing for you, especially if you don't have so much confidence in your own voice yet. Your website should be there for you to go back to and be like, yes, this is what I'm about. This is what I stand for and to spark inspiration. Oh, and I want to make sure the listeners absolutely rewind that and listen to that again, because that is gold because I do that. I will find myself down like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's what I was saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Cause you get in the middle of the day or the, you know, the day to day and you're just yeah. like, you'll be drained or, you know, I mean, a lot of us have a little bit of a shift in a lifestyle right now. And it's just a little mm-hmm. bit of, um, you know, like, wait, what, what was my message again? <laughs> you know, yeah. what, was, what was I, what was I saying again? You know, and so coming back to that, making sure that you have that springboard, you have that baseline and having good copy on your website will give you that reminder because it's been captured properly. Yeah. And I would say that that is where it's really like I work with people on their website copy because I know it's so that's where having another pair of eyes can and another somebody else kind of draw out what it is you want to say is really important because sometimes you can't get there on your own. And I, I often notice this actually with especially when we're talking in terms of like about pages. Um, when we're talking about how my clients got to where they are and the story of their origins and what's driving them, there's often a point that we get to as we're talking where they stop. And usually it's a moment of kind of pain or a challenge that they had in the past, or it's, it kind of like gets too much for them to keep talking about it. And they'll, and then they'll be like, okay, so what do you want to hear? And and if, if they had their way, that would be where we ended. They'd be like, I've told you everything. And I'm actually like, no, no, no. This is where we like dig in because actually usually what that moment showed, what that moment's all about is it's a moment where you stepped up, where mm-hmm. you showed courage, where things got really tough and you lent into it in some way and you like behaved in a way that has brought you to where you are today. So mm. no, we do not stop talking at the low moment. We talk, we start talking about like what happened after that. And um, this is kind of how we're going to reframe the way that you might have been telling your story because often people, you know, we talk a lot about the low moments, but mm. we don't talk about the moments when we show courage and stepped up. Oh, very interesting. Yes. And I'm thinking, cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm writing a book right now. I'm actually finally writing this book. You know, mm-hmm. that was, um, three years. I started it three years ago and I just didn't, didn't put myself to it, but I, I had a journey that I needed to go through too, mm-hmm. in order to get to the point of knowing what the purpose of the book was going to be, you know, so yeah. it's, it's based on experience, um, of my own, but I, you know, was like, well, I just didn't want to just randomly tell a story, but that makes a lot of sense to me too, because I'm having to dig back into some of those moments and having to push through them and having to go through to the other mm-hmm. side of them instead of knowing these memories and these things are what helped shape me, but understanding that these words 
that I'm putting together in this book have to convey all the way through, not just yes. stop at that point, not just stop at, okay, I, and I have to, I've shed some tears writing mm-hmm. some of the chapters and some of the things because I'm reprocessing that, but that's what makes copy good. That's what actually draws it through. And that's what Mm -hmm. a good, somebody that's good with messaging and and copying can help you do if you're Mm -hmm. not there yet. And I'm not saying I'm not an expert at it, but I do love to write and I know what my book purpose is. And so of course I, you know, am pushing through for that part of it because that's what I know I need to be doing with the calling is for this book. But, but at the same time, so many people, and I was in the same place three, four years ago, I couldn't connect that. I couldn't go. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. I had this similar thing when it took a very long time for me to be able to talk about, you know, this health crisis I had after, Mm -hmm. um, around the time I left academia, because it was a very, it was a very, you know, painful time and it was a very stressful time. And, and it was only when I was actually talking to somebody else about it and um, and and she said, well, actually, it's a moment when you were really brave and it took a lot of guts to leap out of a career that you've been in for 12 years without knowing what the future held and to say, actually, I'm going to do something that, you know, prioritizes my own well-being now and mm-hmm. that, that lets me... Um, light up my creativity again. And when I started thinking of it like that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I can talk about it actually. Because it was just re- it was just kind of when your brain gets in a loop, because we can be very cruel to ourselves, right? Like we're our, own, we're our own worst critics and um, we can replay all the low emotions without thinking of you know the positive qualities that we displayed as we process them. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this has been so good. So timely too. I always find that it's often more often than not that a conversation or a podcast episode or something happens to land timely for so many different people and hearing it too. Yeah. I have no doubt that the people that are going to hear this podcast episode when they hear it is what they needed to hear at this particular time in their life. Yeah. And I would say, I'm going to just put piggyback off that actually and say, that's something to think about sometimes when you're writing your your content and your messaging and your marketing, um, like especially for social media posts, because often we think, often people think, you know, oh, I didn't get that many comments or likes or whatever, um, or, you know, I didn't get that much engagement. You never know who's going to come back to it mm-hmm. because sometimes people discover you on social media. Like I've had this happen. Somebody finds me. And then they go back and read through like six months worth of my old content. And then they'll message me and say, oh my God, I love this. And I love this post that you wrote, you know, back in January. And you never know who's going to read it and how it's going to strike home with them. Mm -hmm. And we are the message facilitators and we're meant to put the message out there when and how is up to the rest of, you know, the scenario out there, the story out there. Yeah. 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 I found that where all of a sudden I'll get notifications that somebody clearly looks like they're binging my, my personal feed content and what I've said or what I've written because they'll start, you know, liking things. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So then I'll go look at that post again and be like, Oh yeah. Oh, I remember that. You know, it takes me back for a minute. I'm just like, Oh, that's fascinating. But that was that the particular time that they found out about what I do, it resonated and they started diving in. And like you're saying, they'll go back and look at your content and that's the message they needed to hear right then and there. But if you had never put the message out there, it held them up from something 
that they needed to yeah. hear at that moment. I mean, that is the bigger purpose for what we are meant to do with our businesses and the messages we are supposed to get out there with our content. And what we say is it's not up to us to determine who, when, or yeah. how it lands. It's yeah. for us to just speak the message. There's a lot of surrender with messaging. And I so think that's, much. Yeah, I think that's like a quality that, that you have to start developing as much as you yeah. can with your messaging, like a surrender, like I'm I'm putting this out there and letting it go and letting it do its job in the world. Because how many times have you had a message, you know, something to do with your messaging and you kind of can't move forward until you get that message out? Exactly. Message message <laughs> out or it holds yeah. you up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of my messages, I, this is kind of my personality type, but a lot of, I'm not really someone for content calendars like I tend to pour something out and post it right there <laughs> then my, v, my VA is like wait I thought I was posting no no sorry I just posted it <laughs> had to get it out yeah this one was meant for now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so awesome okay Dr. Susie how can the audience connect with you so you can find me on my website at suzycater.com. So S-U-Z-Y-C-A-T-E-R. And there's actually, um, I have a free quiz on there. Um, what's your wealth creating messaging personality, which will kind of help you discover your unique messaging personality that I have four basically, but based on kind of all the people I've worked with and a lot of the entrepreneurs I've seen, everyone usually falls into one. And basically it will really help you again, lean into who you are, claim your strengths and just kind of see some areas where you might want to step it up in a way that will will really make your messaging stronger and more profitable so you can go and take the quiz and i i'm also on facebook and instagram and i have a really great new facebook group actually the wealth creating messaging club where i do lots of facebook lives and you can come and ask me lots of questions Awesome. Oh, guys, make sure you dive into that. We'll have it all linked in the show notes. So scroll down for the show notes because that is tons of value right there. Thank you so much, Dr. Thank Susie. you so much for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on the show today. Guys, make sure you re-listen to this one. I was going to say rewatch because, of course, we can see each other, but yeah. they cannot <laughs> see us. <laughs> so rewind and re-listen because there's some amazing, amazing content she delivered in this episode itself. And as always, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Fem Nation podcast. Be sure to check out our show notes for more details from the episode. If you love the show, share it with a friend or drop me a note. I'd love to hear from you over at whitedovegannon.com or find me on social media. Until next time, keep moving forward.